Last Wednesday night, we started kind of the new little study, if you will. And, it, of course, it was spawned, I told you this, spawned out of a conversation at the back door uh, about a, a hungry heart, a hungry heart desiring, a hungry heart, eyes filled with tear, desiring to, to, to win and fight in the fight with sin. And uh, they so stirred me, and it got down into my heart, and uh, I really put diligent prayer to it. And, and, uh, just, and, and it's not been hard because uh, a lot of it is just reminiscing and looking back to the Lord and looking through His Word and all the years of even serving the Lord. And, and a lot of it's testimony, of course, but, but it's just it's solid Word, and I've enjoyed it. And I, tonight I, I really want to continue on. Uh, with this, I want to read you Romans 6. I'll just sit to kind of set it again with Romans 6. I'll read these first three verses just to kind of set the scene because this is how that conversation was spawned was out of these three verses where the Bible says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it. Someone, someone wanted victory. Someone wanted victory right here that you should not obey it or the lust thereof. Or in the lust hour, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And then finally, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. And there was a heart that was stirred. Out of that scriptures that I read that Sunday morning, that stirred to, to, to the degree that they wanted to know, is it true? Is it true? Can you really have dominion? And if I can, tell me how. And it just spawned this study. And, and like I said, I knew they wouldn't be able to be here because of obligations and work and what all. But I knew they can follow on the website and follow through the CD. And I just thought, what a Wednesday night. So I thought this would be good refresher or even new ground. I've done run into some new ground. I'm always learning. It's not all old stuff. I'm learning every day. Every day. Every day. Brother Angle, won't you pray over our service tonight, sir? God, we open our hearts. Our spirits are in expectancy. And we thank you that only you can satisfy the longing in our hearts. And we know the difference. And we bless your holy name. Now let pastor minister under a heavy anointing. In Jesus' name, by the faith of God, we simply call it done. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. Amen. Done. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Amen. Last week I kind of began uh, with what I called really the foundational, for, and, and especially in my own life, and, and I'm sure in many others too, but we, we began this study and, and just preached, spoke on really one topic last week on, on, on how to fight sin, and it began with fear of the Lord, fear of the Lord. And I read you several scriptures. I'll not go back through all of them. I will touch on a couple. Proverbs 6 and 16 and 6 said, By the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. And then also Proverbs 28 and 14, If we don't have the fear of the Lord, we fall into mischief. 
And I read you that story, and that was really the story. The story, I, well, I didn't read it to you, but I told you about the story that I'd heard about Jim Baker and when he would went to jail for all that he went to jail for. And, and he was visited by another minister, and the minister asked him uh, uh, very genuine and sincerely. And I've even asked the same question. I remember one time I went and visited somebody, and I asked them, you know, what happened? You know, but anyway, this minister asked Jim Baker, he asked him, he asked him when did you fall out of love with God? And Jim Baker said, I never fell out of love with God. He said, I quit fearing him. I quit fearing him. And, and I believe that. I believe with all my heart, especially in my own life. I, I can't maybe, maybe speak for you, but it has definitely, it was the foundation that began. It was the beginning of knowledge. It was the beginning of wisdom. It was the beginning of me being able to fight, to fight this battle and to get dominion. To get dominion, yes, and uh, I believe I believe it's the same with many. And and I, I after preaching that little Shelly back there made me this cute little bracelet tonight. It says fear God. I appreciate that, Shelly. Amen. 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 Uh, but tonight, uh, I haven't got. I'm not gonna. I'm, I, I probably should have could have went two tonight, but but just to save y'all maybe sitting too long, I just went with one. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I do want to, and, and it is, I, I really wanted to go ahead because there's something else really in my heart, but I have to stop here first because I feel like this is the next thing. This was really the next thing in my life, and probably even till today, uh, I'm going to say it like this, it's probably the greatest asset. This is what I'm going to talk to you tonight about. It's probably been the greatest asset or the greatest weapon or one of the greatest rules that I've been able to, to have in my life that has brought victory or dominion, that has kept this fight, that has allowed me to, to keep, not, I'm not saying I've always won, I'm not saying that, but has allowed me to keep the fight and to keep pushing on, to keep, that's kept me here, that's kept me here all this time. And, uh, but the, the greatest, and like I said, I don't think I'm overestimating it at all, but for me, the greatest asset, asset in, in my fight with sin, it's been this, this one thing. Are you ready? It's the church. The church. And I mean that with all my heart. I mean that with everything that I can think of. It was the church. The church being, being a part of my life. And me being a part of it. Me being in it. And, and me being present. Me being active, even though I maybe even in the early years wasn't in this role, but active. Taking it hungry, desirous to hear, desirous to learn, desirous to be taught. I've still not lost that. I still desire to be taught. I still love me some good preaching and good teaching. I still love to rear back and soak it up. I still love... For, for it to come in and I can feel it when it hits my soul and it stirs me deep. I still, I still love to be quick. I still love to be exhorted. I still love to be admonished. I still love to even be corrected. I love for the Lord's word to come and convict and to stir. But it's been the church, the church. I believe that. And like I said, I don't think I'm in, as a matter of fact, I don't think there's any danger in me overestimating that this is the greatest asset in your fight with sin. The church. Now, there's a lot of things that, that goes into battle, but the church has, is, is, the, is the backbone. 
where most of that comes. Everything else that, 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 that will come in the fight, the church is, 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 is the part, that the vessel that it comes through. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart tonight. I'm not even sure, as I stand here tonight, I was thinking, I'm not even sure I probably comprehend all the ways the church has helped me fight this battle all these years. I'm sure I don't quite even understand. I understood little things and some things, and I understood, you know, teachings, and I understood worship. Worship was a big part. I understood His presence, various things, but I'm not sure that even at this point in my life, I even comprehend everything that the church has done to help me in this fight. And, and I mean that out of sincerity. It's kept me alive. It had not been, had I not stayed in church, I couldn't have won this battle. I'd not be here today. I'd not be following Jesus. I'd not be serving Jesus. I'd not have the life that I have. And most of you agree with that. You would not. You would not. So tonight, I, I want to read a, I want to read a scripture to you here in a minute. You can go ahead and pull it up or if you want, uh, Dusty. Hebrews 3. And this is kind of, I want to, I got this a couple of scriptures I want to give you, but, and they're broke up kind of in a couple of different segments, but uh, I, I believe this tonight, I want to say this before we read it, I want to say this, I believe this too, I believe, I believe fighting sin, fighting sin is a church project, I want you to hear that, it's a church project, fighting sin, I believe, I believe this, I'm going to take it a little bit further, I believe perseverance in faith and or eternal security. I won't even say that. I believe eternal security is a church project. It is. The endurance, the perseverance of the saints has been a church project. And I, I'm going to kind of back it up with, with some scriptures here. But I believe that. And I know I have needed the church in my fight over and over and over again. But let me read you these scriptures to you right quick. There's about three of them here. Listen to what it says. Paul says, and, and I, believe, I believe he was trying to convey to these Hebrews, these Hebrew Christians, trying to convey to these people how much the church is a part of this project. And especially our fight against sin. And especially the battle that we have. He says this, take heed, brethren. I'm going to read it all and then I'm going to go back and say a couple things. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing see there's the danger in departing from the living God but exhort yeah bless you but exhort one another daily daily while it is called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Do you see why I said, do you see why I said eternal security, perseverance of the saints is a church project. It's just gathering together, fighting together. I thank God. That I, in my life, he's blessed me to be in churches to help me fight against sin. In my early years, he put me in churches that were serious about sin. 
that were serious about following Jesus, that were serious about discipleship, that were serious about the next step behind, staying on the path, that was serious about getting to the end, that was serious about everything that was important to Jesus. I'm thankful for that because that, that's been the key. They helped me fight. They helped me. And that's what really what this is all about. You, there's no way. I know something I just want to tell you. There's not just a, there, a lone ranger Christians or believers or, 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 or going alone or hit and miss. You'll not be successful in fighting sin. Even in the scripture, he talks about it daily. A daily thing they had. And we're not even even there. But daily they got together. We're, we're together. But I, I, I like, I believe this. I believe God, God appointed the church. I know God appointed the church to help fight against it. To help believers come together. And to equip each other and to strengthen each other. And to fight this battle, to get this dominion. We'll never have dominion. Is it possible? Yes. In his church, where we can be equipped, strengthened, ministered unto even by his presence, his spirit. This corporate anointing, this togetherness. Amen. 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 Uh, I, I like the way this scripture comes out because Jesus, or the word of the Lord tells us that, that we are made partakers of Christ in this particular text. Made partakers because of our salvation. I told you that last week. You just, if, you, if you are not saved, well, you'll never win the fight because you're not even a partaker even. But, but after salvation, after being born again, we become partakers. We, we have a share. We have a part. We're vested. We're in the family. We're, we're a part of. Amen. But, but this particular text goes on and tells us this. It says, if we hold the beginning, the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Endurance. Here, Matthew 24, what 13 says, says, says that he that endures to the end, he shall be saved. Mark 13, 13. Same scripture. To the end. There's this holding, holding this confidence to the end. Amen. Perseverance and to the end is a necessity. It's, it's not just the one decision. You can't fight sin. You'll never win against sin that way. There's this holding that all that that same eye, that same heart full of Christ all the way to the end, which is really probably why the scripture. He, we're admonished, he says, to take heed, brethren. Take heed, because it's that big a deal. That's why he says, take great care. Take great care. Take heed, brethren. Take great care, lest, lest, lest you depart from the living God. Amen. I'm going somewhere, so you hang with me. Amen. Take great care. And then, and then exhort one another. Fight with each other, not with each other, but for each other. 
Exhort one. You know, as we gather, that's what we do. That should be. And I, I thank the Lord. I'm not preaching this really to you because you need it. Because I tell you what, this is a church. And I'm thankful that, that you'll fight for each other. You surely will. You'll fight against. You'll fight for. And, and you'll encourage. And, and I'm thankful to be a part of a, of, of a fellowship like this. That will that come together. But that's what he said. Exhort one another. Because if you don't. Here's the thing, here's the thing, in leaving this, li- or departing this living God, it ends in destruction. Do you, do, you, do you hear me? That's the danger. There is a destruction in leaving, getting off path, not holding to your confidence. To, it, it's called destruction. Hebrews 10, 38, 39, it reads like this. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Verse 39. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition or destruction or catastrophe or great harm. But of them that believe all the way. All the way to the saving of the soul. We believe all the way to the holding that confidence fast. All the way. That's who we are. Amen. And it's in this. And it's in this tonight that I see what the great danger is. He brought it out. He called it the deceitfulness of sin. And that's what all this, these three verses was really about. It's about encouraging each other in the midst of all this deceitfulness of sin. And there's a thought come on my mind as I was studying these scriptures. And, and, and what the fight is about. Because the deceitfulness of sin is like the grip of sin. I want you to get that. I believe that. The deceitful, and it is. And if, if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about, or you've watched others there. It is. It's like the grip of sin. It's like, it's like they can't get free even if they want to be free because it's the deceitfulness. There's this grip that's got. It's, and the strength, the strength of the grip of sin is deceit. It's the deceitfulness. That's what's got the hold. That's what makes the grip so strong. That's what makes it tough. And and through that, through the deceit, that sin hardens. That's what the scriptures talked about. It hardens and it hardens and it moves even into unbelief. To where to where really this is really and this is really the heart of it all. This is the deceit. This is the deceit of sin. God in Christ are now not as valuable or as desired as whatever it is sin has promised. Do you hear me? That's the deceit. Anytime sin, anytime sin is more desirable, or anytime sin says this is more valuable, or this is more worth than Christ, that is, that is the grip. That is the hold. I come to tell you tonight, there's nothing, there's nothing should be more desirable, nothing no more important, no nothing more, more valuable than Christ, His worth. Nothing no more, nothing should be no more. Jesus is better. Hebrews 11, 26, it says that. That's how Moses escaped sin. When he didn't even worry about the reproach of sin. He didn't worry about the reproach of suffering for Christ's sake. He didn't even worry about it. He didn't enjoy pleasures of sin, not for a season. Not even a season. 
Because you know what? He knew Jesus was better. He knew he was better. He knew Christ was greater riches than the treasures of all of Egypt. He knew Christ was. That's a man who's not under the deceit or in the grip. Amen. Not in the grip. It's a man who knows that Christ is better, that God is better, His way is best, His promises are best, His word is best, His future is better, His greatness is greater, His guidance is better, His friendship is better. His, his love, his pleasures, his pleasures is better. I could go on all night talking that stuff. It's better. But when we're in the deceit, that's why we come together. We come together. The church, the church's job really is tonight is to tell you, or you or, or thus we're exhorting each other to say, you know what? If you may in the grip, he's better. God is better. Christ is better. Jesus is better. The way is better. The kingdom is better. We exhort, we encourage each other. And I'm just going to tell you, over the years, it's no telling the times that deceit was maybe trying to get a hold of our life. And it was because, it was because we kept gathering. We kept gathering. See, that's the danger, too. When, 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 when something else starts becoming desirable, that's when it is. That's when it is. We want to isolate. You ever notice that? That's when we don't want to come no more. Amen. Proverbs eighteen one. It's a scripture for that too. Proverbs eighteen one says, "Through a through 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 desire, a man having separate, he separates himself. He he pulls away, and he don't want anything to do really with the wisdom. He pulls away. He pulls away from it." Because when we come together, we're going to exhort, we're going to encourage, we're going to instruct, we're going to, we're going to tell you, keep believing. We're going to keep telling you, Jesus is better. And sin makes you feel, sin makes you feel like this will be better. Sin makes you feel like this will be more fun. This will be more pleasure. This is what I need in my life. This is how I need my life to go. Lord, I've talked to you, I was blue in the face to people that was been in the grip of deceit. And I've told him, and I've told him, I've told him this will end in destruction. This will end in destruction. This will end in catastrophe. Hebrews 10 39. This will end in, this will not end well. And, and, and you pour it on and you pour it on, trying to keep each other believing, keep each other pushing on. But it's a church. That's why it's a church project. God set it up. We're not good at it by ourselves. By ourselves, sin eats us alive. Man left to his own way or the ways of destruction. We eat alive. Amen. Man sits around, thinks about it on his own with no encouragement, no brotherhood, no friendship. No fellowship, no outside influences that love you, encourage you, want to see you do good, want to see you win, want to see you stay on the path, want to see you take the next step, want to see you do better, want to see you get. 
move on. Amen. By yourself, you ain't got none of that. By yourself, you're set up for the grip. Amen. Set up for the grip. It's a church project, y'all. Another part of that is Hebrews 10, 21. This is kind of another section of it. And that's really, the Hebrews is really a good section for this, for the church. But having a high priest over the house, because we know who he is. How many know Jesus Christ is now the high priest over the house of God? Let us draw near. You know what? I was thinking about that. And I'm going to use this. This might be a little bit off, but I, I, I just felt it. It's come in my heart. I believe this tonight. If you really want to draw near to God, you don't really want to draw near to Christ, it'd be good to draw near to his body. Just something for you to think about. Amen. I'm not really preaching on that, but I just thought about it. If you want to draw near to him, you draw near to his body. But let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, 24. Let us hold fast. Here it is again. Here's the same thing. Let us hold fast. Got to keep it. Got to keep it. That's why we need to keep coming together, encouraging, exhorting, pushing each other on. Won't you keep believing? Won't you take another step? I know you're tired. I know you're worn out. I know you want to do this. No, no. You've got to keep pushing on. You've got to hold fast without wavering. Got to keep it going without wavering. For he is faithful. Who that promised is something so much more promised. Something so much. My God, there's something promised. Woo! There's a promise that should keep us pushing. It ain't here. I tried. I, 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 maybe, I, maybe I've got some of y'all in a disadvantage. disadvantage. I, I tried a lot in my younger years, and I found out real quick. I was like Solomon. I was like, vanity of vanity. This is all junk right here. I got to find me something that ain't under the sun. I got to find me something that belongs to the sun. Hey! That's what I got to find. I got to find something that is not junk. So maybe I got you at a disadvantage. I don't know. But I, I found the promise of something such greater. So much greater. Amen. And then he says this. Let us consider one another. Woo. I didn't see this. I'm over here. You're sure. I didn't see this till this evening. And, and I'm not even prepared to preach on it, but I got to bring it out. I didn't even see this till this evening. Let us consider one another. Listen. To provoke unto love and to good works. And I thought about that. I'm like. We spend most of our life a lot of times, if we ain't careful ourselves, and which just is right, wanting to love. We want to love, and we want to do good works. That's how we spend, and, and that's all right. That's good. That's scripture, too. We should love one another. We should want to love, and we should want to do good works. But, but here the scripture brings out the way I see it. He, he says not only should we do that, but we should provoke others to love. We should broke, provoke others. We should stir others to good works. Let us, he says, you, gotta, you ought to consider one another. You ought to look around. How can I stir you to love? How can I stir you to good works? How can I stir you up? How can, we ought to look around. That's what we do. That's why we gather. We come here tonight. Brother Keith was doing his best to stir when he was singing them songs. Shout to the Lord. He was singing them songs. About make me a sanctuary. He was trying to stir some good work. He was considered. He had considered. I know as a corporate setting, but even as we sit here tonight, we we ought to we ought to consider one another. 
Do provoke. Provoke people. Man, that's, that sounds out there, don't it? Provoke someone to love. Well, the Bible's full of all things, all kind of things. Like I said, I'm not even prepared to preach on this, but I'm just going to touch on it and bring it out. It's full of things that, that we do one for another. All these one for another things. All these that love one another. Forgive one another. Be kind one to another. Be tender-hearted towards one another. On and on and on. Honor one another. Prefer one another. There's like a hundred things in Scripture that we do for one another. And I'll tell you what, almost all of them, almost all of them, if we really practice them, they'll stir up love and good works. They really will. They would stir up some good works and consider. And, and, and maybe that consider, maybe if we consider what the situation is. Maybe we try to discern. Maybe we, maybe we put, put some, some prayer time in it for people to consider. He goes on, he goes on. Not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together. There it is. That's it. That's it. That's 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 the that's the the heart or or the authority in what I'm preaching to you tonight. That church, church is is the project against sin. Church is the project to keep us going. Church is the project to keep us holding fast to our assurance, to keep us on the path and where we're not drawing back, where we're not departing the living way, to keep us out of the grip of the deceitfulness of sin, to keep us in a place that we always realize that Christ is better, that Christ is more, that Christ is the way, that the pleasures of this world are not even comparable. Amen. I believe it. Amen. Not forsaking the assembly, as the manner of some is, but even exhorting one another. And even more so in the day that we live, that when we see this day that's approaching, more so. I thought about it. You want to know why? Because iniquity abounds. And the love of many wax cold. If ever there was an age where we need to consider one another to stir up to love, it's now because of iniquity. Because sin is abounding. And it's making the love of many grow cold. Amen. 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 That's why this is a big issue. This is... One of our biggest assets is what we're doing here tonight in our battle for dominion. Dominion, not allowing sin to have it, but we're taking it. It'll be hard. Matter of fact, I'll just go on and say this. It's impossible to have dominion without a church to help you fight sin. I'd almost say it's about impossible to hold steadfast your confidence Without a church, it'll help you fight. Someone to gather with, to encourage and to exhort, stir you up. When, when, when sin's made you cold, 
You know what? You know what sin's doing when it's made you cold? It's making you hard. It's the beginning stages. It's the beginning stages of getting to the place to where you're about to depart. You're about to leave. That's when we really need to stir. We need to really stir then. Stir hard. Amen. Teach and admonish one another. Amen. Amen. Outdo one another. Comfort one another. Amen. Amen. I believe it tonight. I want, I want to give you. I, I want to give you this one last set of scriptures, <clears throat> and it's it's really just an illustration uh, in the Old Testament. You know, I always like to do that. That's what I always build about everything on. But I want to give you this Old Testament story, and it's only four verses, four or five verses. But I want to give you this Old Testament look at a story in First Samuel twenty three, and it was at a time when David, 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 David had. had, had to me, in my mind, as I, as I know the story, I know his life, and I know how he had, had ran, and, and he'd been betrayed. He'd been betrayed by every community at this time. These next two communities, they, they had betrayed him, were going to give him over, especially as if they were going to give him over into the hands of, of Saul, who he was running from, who, who he had get, devoted his life to him in the early parts to, to serve him, and, and now Saul was trying to kill him, was after him. And, and David saw that Saul, <laughs> that's always funny, isn't it? <laughs> I guess just to me. <laughs> but David saw that Saul was come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a wood. And Jonathan, listen, Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David into the wood to strengthen his hand in God. And he said unto him, listen, fear not for the hand of Saul. Come on, there's, there's some exhorting going on right here. Hey, there was some weak hands in the wilderness. You ever had weak hands in the wilderness? There was some weak hands. And he said, for, for, for the hand of Saul, my father shall not find thee. And listen, listen. And thou shalt be king over Israel. And I shall be next unto thee. And that also my father, he knows. Verse 18, and the two made a covenant before the Lord. And David abode in the wood, and Jonathan went to his house. I want you to think about that a minute. Think, think about what went on in that story. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Although I know this was not in a church setting, but this was what I'm talking about. This was that exhortation. This was that encouragement. This was that, this was that project. God moved on Jonathan's heart and sent him to David. I've seen a couple things. Uh, you know, I always do, and I'm going to try to keep it short, but I've seen a couple things in this that I really want to bring out. And the first thing is this. Everyone, everyone, and I believe this, if David did it, if David did it, but I think everyone at times needs someone to strengthen their hands. Everyone, if David, this mighty war, with, by the way, at this time, all his warrior men with him, you'd think that was good, wouldn't you? But no, no, they weren't strengthening his hands in God. Sometimes you can have a lot of mighty things around you, 
but it's still not what you need. You can have a lot of fancy things around you, a lot of important things around you, but that's not what you need. No, you need to drag yourself out on a Wednesday night, come on up into the Walton PH Church, and so, so that you can get something you can't get around all that other stuff. That's all. Well, you can get your hands strengthened by one another. Not just me. I'm not talking about one another. Y'all do more strengthening sometimes than I'll ever do with this mic. Just in your encouragement or your prayers or, 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 or whatever it is that you speak into one another's life. Strengthening each other's hand. Everybody. I'm going to tell you, everybody's going to need it. There's a time. There's a time. And it keeps us believing. It keeps us pushing on. It keeps us going on. Amen. Amen. I want to say this. I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the Jonathans. That's what I was saying about that. I'm thankful for the Jonathans of this house. But I'm thankful for the Jonathans of the church who, 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 who make a conscious effort. Because that's what it is. It's a con- it takes a conscious effort to strengthen someone's hands in God. It does. It, if you, it don't just, it's just not by accident. No. It's not just by happenstance or, or something hits you. Now, I'm not saying God can't just hit you, but I'm going to tell you, it's a conscious effort. Woo! It's what it takes. I'm thankful for the, John, for the Jonathans. Well, even like Brother Marks, as he spoke, as the Lord put on his heart. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for things like that that bring in strength to the hands. Or to the one who talks in the back back there and mentions or encourages. People, people, people just say simple things sometimes. You don't know how much that strengthens the hands. People said sometimes it's, sometimes. And sometimes some of the simplest things have strengthened my hands the most. I don't need something deep or profound. I don't need something that's, that, 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 that's way out. Sometimes, sometimes it's just something really, really simple that strengthens. I'm thankful for people who make a con. He went down to Horash. Did you see it? He had to get up out of his house and go down. He made this effort to go. He was intentional about strengthening. We are to be intentional about building up each other. I don't think, and I may be wrong, but I don't think it would be any greater mark of maturity than, than when we're intentional about building up others, building up his body. I think that's a huge mark of maturity. Did you see the maturity in Jonathan? He should be the king if you know this story. He should be the king by man's eyes and by man's law and by man's rule. But oh, no, 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 no. He gets up to strengthen David and tells him, you're going to be the king. My God, what maturity for the, for the, for, for the, for the building up of the kingdom of God. That's what it was for. That's why we build it up and build each other up and urge each other on for the kingdom. For the kingdom. It's not for the show. It's not for the applause. It's not for a one man's rep. It's for the kingdom. For the kingdom. 
just a part, just a part, just a part. Amen. But I'm thankful, and I'm thankful for all the Johnsons over the years. Many of them went on to be the in heaven. Some of these older folk that went on, they, they would strengthen my hand. I needed it when I was young, too. I still need it as I'm old, but I really needed it when I was young. Because they'd see me mess up. They'd see me goof it up. They'd see me blow it, and, and they'd strengthen my hand. And they, they'd tell me it'd be all right. And I'd say, really? And they'd say, yeah, it'd be all right. And I believed them. And I'm still here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I thank the Lord, though. For the ones that's here tonight, the Johnsons, who makes this effort, this conscious effort. But here's here's what he did, and I've done brung it out. But the, here's here was the thing: it was we strengthen each other in God. That's what we do. This ain't no therapy. This ain't no. I'm not against support groups. I'm not, don't get me wrong. When I say stuff like that, don't think I'm bad mouthing anything. Anything that helps mankind, I'm for it. If it, if it helps man in some way, shape, even if it's something small. I'm all for it. I don't never, I don't never mean to bad mouth anything. But I'm just saying, what I'm talking about tonight is not therapy. It's not group help. It's not self-help. It's not support help. Oh, no, this is something much. It's, it's not confidence in myself. It's not confidence. I don't need to be puffed up. It's, but this is pointing someone to God and Christ to be strengthened in a strength that's beyond anything here. Strengthening God. That's what, that's what keeps us fighting, pushing on. That's what keeps us here. That's what keeps us out of the grip of sin. When sin, when sin gets and beats us down, we need somebody, we need somebody, well, we don't need, we don't need therapy. Oh, no, no. What we need is somebody to point us back to Christ in the better way. Amen. But here's, here's this last thing. Here's this last thing. Uh, verse 17. Go back to verse 17, Dusty. Verse 17. I want to let you read it again. Listen, Jonathan said this. This is, this is, how, he, this is how he strengthened him. And I believe this will go a long ways. And, and if you want to know how, how do I exhort someone in God? How do I, in this age that we live in? Well, this, this will go a long ways. Now, I ain't going to say it's all here. But this will go a long ways. And he said unto him, fear not, Jonathan told him. Listen, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find thee. And I know maybe that's not applicable to you. And thou shalt be king over Israel. Maybe that's not applicable. Maybe, maybe you're not going to be king over Israel. Maybe none of that's applicable. But listen, at the heart of it, here's what, what Jonathan was doing. This is how he strengthened it. He's reminding, he's reminding David of the promise. He's reminding David, here's the promise. And here's what you need to know. If we're going to exhort one another, we need to be continuously reminded of the promises. Of God. Nothing exhorts people. Nothing encourages people. Nothing, nothing pushes them on more than to, to remind them that, hey, here's the promise. Here's the promise. Here it is. I, I love it. You, know, you, you, might, you, might, you might think, you know, that, that, that you're weak. You might feel weak. And I'm losing all the time. Well, let me just exhort you a little bit. You're more than a conqueror. That's a promise. That's a promise. Yeah, you might be weak, but and you might feel like you're losing, but I just come to tell you the promise. Here is the Jonathan's part. You're more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. 
You might think, you know, compared to this world, I am no match. I'm no match. And, and that might be true. But let me just give you the promise. Let me give you the promise. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in any part of this world. There's your promise. Get some strength in them hands. Get some strength in, in what God has promised you. Get a hope to that. You're more than a conqueror through him. That's your, get some strength in there. Amen. You think, hey, I'm losing it. Everything's beating me everywhere. Everything. There's no weapon formed is the promise. No weapon formed that shall prosper against you. None. None. And you might say, well, you know, the, the seed of sin, I, I've, I've given, I've lost. Uh, uh, let me just tell you something. Here's the promise. He still forgives. He's still faithful to forgive. He still says there is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. He still says it was Christ that died, rather is risen. Hey, that's what his promise is. For me. Woo. Hey. For me. Well, strengthen your hands tonight. I know there was a big book and still a big topic. The purpose driven life. But I'm going to tell you what. We need to encourage one another. Exhort one another with the promise driven life. That's the thing we need. I need to drive sometimes. Sometimes I need to be driven by the promises. Because I've gotten weak and I ain't moving too much. And I need somebody to come by and drive me with a promise. Stir me again. Cause me to get back up and come on back up here on Wednesday night. Hey, you ever need to be promise driven? Hey! I don't know about y'all, but I done preached myself happy up in this house tonight. Amen. See, you can drive yourself, you can strengthen your own. No, no wonder David strengthened and encouraged himself in the Lord. You can. But every now and then it's good to have a Jonathan to come out to the woods. Because that's where we go. We go to the woods when we're hurting. I go hide out. Amen. I go to the woods. And every now and then I need a Jonathan. Woo! To give me the promise. Give me the promise. Everybody else might have left you, but I got a promise for you. He said he never would. Lead nor forsake. Oh, to the end. I say, are you at the end of the world yet? Well, if you ain't at the end of the world yet, you're still in the promise. Hey! Strengthen them hands. Who in here needs their hands strengthened tonight? Who in here needs their hands lifted up? Who in here tonight needs a Jonathan? See, that's why we got to consider each other. Because I just, I just kind of give you a, a blanket coverage, but sometimes we need to consider each other in their situation. And it's in that considering that we've got the promise for the situation. Now that was just that was such so, so generic promises that covers a lot. But every now and then we need we need to consider one another. What they're going through. At the loss of a loved one or at a at a time of a great uh, tragedy or, or 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 at a time of some great loss or whatever. And we need to consider one another. 
and speak the promise. Go to the wood. That's where they're at. They're out in the wilderness of Ziph, in the wood. Yes. And you need to go with thus saith the Lord and his promises and lift up somebody's hands to the heavens and say, be ye strengthened in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord Almighty. Hey, Brother Keith, you're going to come on or I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going. Hey, who in here needs their hands strengthened tonight? Whoa. I bless his name. I bless his name tonight. Encouraged. Exhorted. The promise. Maybe you're here tonight. Maybe you did come weekend. Maybe not. I know you're the Wednesday night. Y'all pretty strong arm people. But us strong arm people get weary sometimes. I just want to encourage you. Want to encourage you. Maybe you just need time at the prayer. That's fine. But man, if you're here tonight, you're here tonight. And your arms, your your hands are weak. I want to encourage you to come specifically. We'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. It's what we do. We're going to help you fight. We're going to help you fight. We want you to take the next step. Sometimes people leave church and never come back because they didn't get that exhortation. They didn't get that encouragement. They didn't, they didn't get for the next step. I want to be careful. Not ever... Leave that opportunity. Man, this altar's always open. Always. Man, if you're hurting, tell somebody. Tell somebody. There's some Jonathans in here. 